Okay, here we go. This is so exciting. Day three. I guess I'll start the treadmill moving. So, good morning. Okay, let's get up to four kilometers an hour. Here comes a cyclist. Buen Camino. You're going the wrong way. Don't get me started on cyclists on the Camino. They used to drive me completely nuts. I may have mentioned it already. I'm certainly bound to mention it again. When they come flying down the hills with no bells. Did not make me a happy camper. I don't know, my theory on it is kind of ruins the mood of the Camino. But I'm just a grumpy old man, don't mind me. I remember, hold on, I gotta turn down the sound. All I can hear from BK's camera is the wind in my ears. I'm just gonna turn that down. There we go. Um, met an Irish man on the Camino, man from Monaghan, I believe. Met him near the end, somewhere around Saria. Then I met him again in um, in uh, where was it? Oh, Santiago de Compostela, at the real end of the Camino. And. Uh, <laughs> I was complaining about the cyclists again. I mean, I walked 800 kilometers, you know, open to becoming a better person by the end. I was still annoyed by the cyclists at the end. What can you do? Um, so he said to me, and again, I'm not gonna try and do the Monaghan accent. I always have to say that because I'm tempted to do it. It's not good, because I'm, I'm not editing these, uh, my, voiceovers. They go in as they are with BK's video as it is and I just um, just a level to put a bit of music on and that's it. So the man from Monaghan said to me anyway on the last day we went for a drink and met a couple from was it Uruguay or somewhere but no, it was, oh, it could have been the place where they do uh, bachata dancing. God, that just escapes me right now. Anyway, either way, he told us, he told us he was the vice president of the country he came from. And for a minute we believed him and then he started laughing. Well, I'm not sure, if, but maybe I didn't believe him, but the man with me did. Anyway, the, the Irish guy, his name escapes me, I was bitching about the cyclists again and he said, um, he said, you need to learn to be more tolerant. And I, uh, I said, well, I thought about it and I said, well, I said, yes, I do need to learn to be more tolerant. And I think I became a little bit more tolerant along the way. That's debatable. Um, I said, but I, st I still don't think the cyclists should be on the Camino. 
Um, we're certainly not on the trails where you're going down narrow, going down hills on narrow paths, and then the cyclists come flying down, screaming at you to get out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't help the mood. Anyway, they need some sort of bylaws or something to, to stop that. I mean, if I was dictator, a dictator in Spain, like Franco or whatever, then you... I don't want to get into politics, but if I was a dictator of Spain, I would ban cyclists from the Camino. Punishable by execution. But other than that, I'd be a really nice dictator. What's the term they use? Benevolent dictator. Yeah. That would be a nice role, wouldn't it? Benevolent dictator. Yeah, that would be a nice job. I'd be good at that. They'd say, yeah, no, he's a lovely guy. But just don't take your bike in the Camino and you'll get on fine. So anyway, I was telling the story yesterday about uh, my cat Bobby, how he arrived. Then I went off on somewhere between three and 10 tangents. Kind of never got around to finishing it. Although you could see where it was heading, I think. So yeah, I woke up one morning. I'd just been living in my house alone for a year or thereabouts and I was feeling lonely and thought, thought to myself, I must get a kitten, a bit of company. So I phoned the, no, I was going to phone the vet, see if he had a kitten. You know, they, people, they pick up, people hand them in strays or whatever. So. I, uh, a couple of hours later, I was up and about. I was outside my house, heard meowing under my car, looked under the car. You know that distinctive high-pitched kitten meow? I can do a really good meow sound, but I'm not doing that here. I mean, you know, most people listening haven't met me. I love that most people listening, the arrogance of it, as if there's thousands. Anyway, see, there I go off on a tangent. So, uh, heard that high pitch kitten meow, and uh, couldn't see anything, looked under the car, then opened the engine on the car, the bonnet, or the it's called the hood. Popped the hood. And inside was Bobby. Tiny little black and white kitten. I'd say the vet reckoned about four weeks old when I brought him in. And um, gorgeous little thing. He started clawing onto me and purring straight away. And honestly, it brought tears to my eyes. Because as I was lifting him out, I was thinking, this is exactly what I wished for you know, a couple of hours ago. That's God's honest truth. And uh, moments like that that make me believe in this thing we call God, or people have other names for it. Spirit, Great Spirit, Mother Spirit, Holy Spirit. 
the universe. I'm not a big fan, though, of the, um, you know, the universe will give to you whatever you want thing. I just don't know. I, I, in that case, it did. And it was beautiful. But imagine if the universe gave everyone everything they wanted. I don't think, and I'm not going to sing the Rolling Stones song, but I don't think getting what you want is what it's always about. I can't really say that everybody gets what they need because, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of people who don't deserve what they get. I think once you wrap things up in a neat philosophy like that, um, you're in the danger zone. Anya's here. But he said Anya's here. Did he? I thought he said Anya's here, but I don't think so. Maybe he did. We'll never know. Well, someone will know if they play this back. I try not to listen back to this other than checking levels before I publish it. That's the one thing I'm not doing is editing myself. That's my USP, unique selling point. So anyway, Bobby, my cat, yeah, just that brought me to tears. It was beautiful. And uh, whenever I think there's nothing in the universe, no God, no great power, no, whatever word you want to put on it. Um, I don't know, I look at Bobby and I go, well, maybe there is. It's such a simple story. I mean, if you wrote that in a film script or a book as fiction, people would go, God, that's a bit, a bit corny in it. But, uh, no, it happened. And it was, was and is beautiful. Wouldn't it be great if it was like that all the time, as Van Morrison says. Would it really, though? I mean, if you kept wishing for things and they kept just popping up, I don't know. Well, I'd certainly like to try it for a while. Oh, that wind sound is really loud in my ears. I'll, I'll have it turned down when I publish this. Yeah, I might just uh, kind of turn it down more at my end. So yeah, if I end up doing this right, I will have done 200 hours. I'm really fixated on, oops, I'm moving away from the mic. I close my eyes instead of moving back on the treadmill. I let go of the handles, obviously, and uh, <laughs> that could have been messy. Still, I'm only going four kilometers an hour. That's enough to hurt myself if I fall back. Yeah, I am tired this morning, it's official. And again, I did not want to get up for this, but that would probably be every day. I may need to give up coffee. I actually feel better when I'm off it, but 
takes a couple of weeks of feeling not so good. Well, first of all, I have to taper it slowly or I get blinding headaches. And then uh, two weeks of feeling really tired and then usually I just start to feel really good and a lot better in the mornings. We'll see. Just uh, having trouble sleeping at the moment. A little bit. That's a common thing for me now. Let me move this mic again. I think that's a better position. So, we're still on the plateau. Yeah, I remember being up there after climbing and climbing and climbing. And it was actually quite nice. People were moving faster. Felt good. So after this, there will be a long descent through mainly forest down to Roncevalles with a dramatic event just before Roncevalles. See, that's the thing when I remember the Camino. It's only, it's, it feels like one big long dream. And when I was on it, it felt like a dream. But my so-called real life, back home at work, felt even more like a dream after a week or two. It just, when I thought back to that, like my whole sense of time changed. It felt like, felt like I'd been on the Camino for um, my whole life. And then that work was a kind of dream. Well, yeah, the Camino had a dream-like quality as well. You know, you're walking for, in my case, five weeks through different parts of Spain and getting up early every morning, doing a lot of walking. It's basically walking, eating, drinking mainly water, if you're sensible, and um, a bit of wine, maybe. I used to have a cool beer when I arrived. all good. I burnt everything off though. Certainly did not put on weight. Um, but people will pop up, you know, you see someone and they kind of, yeah, kind of dream like they disappear. Oh, hello, Juan Camino. Sorry, I had my eyes closed there. What's he looking at? Is he thinking he's going the wrong way? Somebody mentioned, I was reading up, that BK went the wrong way sometimes. Well, I did that too. Oh, what's going on here? Yeah, I didn't see, did I see a yellow arrow there? Is there one up here on the stones? Or is that a shrine? I mean, to say the yellow arrows are everywhere, but I certainly missed a few. There's certainly a few confusing points. Okay, well, oh yeah, people just build those things with the stones along the way, so. So, I presume we're going the right way, who knows? If those people were coming from another direction, that can happen too. <sighs> 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about coffee and breakfast now. So, it was the same on the Camino. You uh, start, usually, yeah, I didn't have breakfast in the hostel. I would just get up, go, start moving. Yeah, I'd either have something on the outskirts of the town I was in or in the next town. Usually didn't have to walk more than 10 kilometers to find food. Often just five, often less. But it's good to get moving. So here's BK all on his own. I'm getting hot again. Just layer down. Yeah, I'm facing um, my back garden and I've got these blinds up. They're not perfect though. When my cats were kittens they kind of were climbing up them the whole time and managed to ruin them. And uh, I don't think there's any crack where my neighbours can see through right now. If there was, and they saw me, I'd make quite a sight. I'm on the treadmill with the mic in front of me, and sad lamp lighting me on the front of the treadmill. They really should call them happy lamps. I mean, that would be better marketing, wouldn't it, than sad lamp. I mean, it's supposed to make you happy. I think they should have happy lamps and sad lamps. Could have one of each if you're too happy. Put on a sad lamp for a while. And then, if you're too sad, put on a happy lamp. And then if you're just right, put on a normal lamp. I was talking to my friend Anthony in New York last night. Really smart guy. And we were talking about, what were we talking about? Not sad lamps. Oh yeah, I just phoned him and said, how are you? And he's kind of, um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm kind of, well, you have to think about that, you know. Are you really okay? And he's we got in a big debate about language. And, and I don't know, what, you know, what are the options? Most people just say, I'm okay. But I was saying to him, in Russia, they say, normalna. Say, kaktila, normalna. How are you? And normal. Well, I don't think it literally translates as that. I mean, that's the danger with literal translation. But I sort of, I sort of came up with the idea that that came from, you know, Stalinist times. Someone says to you, how are you? You're afraid they're accusing you of being a, um, I don't know, insane. And then you get shipped away to the gulag. Or, you know, they're accusing you of having abnormal thoughts, which will get you shipped to the gulag. So, they're, you know, they're all very defensive. How are you? I'm normal. Hey, why are you asking? I did a Russian accent when I told them. I do bad accents all the time. I try not to do them here. I don't really believe that's why people say normal in Russian. I was making it as a joke to Anthony and of 
course, he was uh, sort of debunking it, explaining that language, words have different meanings. And like Anthony, I'm just trying to make a stupid joke. Run with me. So, let's see, 21 minutes in on my, I'm just going by my treadmill time anymore, yeah. 21 minutes in. Gotta put that fan on. See, it would actually be nice for me to open my sliding doors here that are facing me, let in a bit of breeze. But again, it comes down to the neighbors. It's just, if they're out in the garden and they hear me talking to myself on my treadmill, uh, I don't know if that's the look I'm going for, you know. They probably think I'm crazy enough as it is anyway, so don't need to add to that. So I've caught up with some people here. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. I'm really beginning to wonder why I committed to um, 200 hours of this. I didn't even have to make it 800 kilometers. What I'm going to do is add up all his videos, including where he goes on past Santiago to um, Finisterre. Going to add them all up and see how many kilometers would that be if I did uh, them at four kilometers an hour. I mean, I could go a bit faster, but I don't know. This feels like Camino pace. <laughs> Actually, I was sort of thinking, well, I'm, ca I'm keeping up with these guys, so I must be doing the right pace. Then I reminded myself, yeah, I know, James, you're on the treadmill. They're in a video that was made two years ago. It's, uh, you're not actually keeping up with them. So, it's good uh, when I make stupid statements. Uh, to have somebody intelligent to ex explain this to me. Um, it's like I've got a stupid angel on one shoulder and a clever one on the other. I think that's my problem. I'm both a mixture of stupid and clever. They'll probably discover there's a, there's a, it's a condition. You know, years later, kids will be checked for it. It's like, well, man, the problem with your kid is uh, he's, uh, well, they'd have a nice Latin name for it. Basically, it means he's simultaneously stupid and clever. It's like a split personality. And I'm not gonna make jokes about the split personalities. Just joking about myself. I know you're listening and thinking, well, he's definitely stupid. Not sure where he's going with this clever bit. Yeah. I hear you. Stupid and normal, maybe. Any Russian stories? No, I'll save those for when I really run out of things to say. Anyway, I've only three or four of those. One involving a car chase. 
good few involving vodka. A few involving other things, other, shall we say. No, we won't say. Maybe I was going to say substances. That sounds really ominous, though. But if it was substances, it was nothing hardcore, hypothetically speaking. Your Honor, it is my understanding that there was nothing hardcore. Yeah, that's... It is my understanding is a good way to start any legal sentence. There's my two cents of legal advice for you. To say that for everything, it's my understanding that... I remember I was working as an editor on a project in Germany, actually, and uh, I had an assistant, Irish assistant with me. It was a small project. It was a film school thing called Moonstone, which unfortunately no longer exists. And filmmakers get to shoot scenes, sample scenes from their films that they want to produce. And um, yeah, I think it was inspired by Sundance. Don't Sundance have an academy that does that as well? Anyway, I was working on a, as an editor. I was just a mere, mere lackey slash talented editor. Choose your pick. And um, actually, one thing I found working as an editor find the more talented directors on the whole tend to be less prima donnas than the less talented, but I haven't worked with a wide array. That's just my another two cents. And now I've lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, okay. So my assistant, nice man, Irish man was with me. And uh, so I said him, do we have such and such a shot? And he was like, um, I can't remember saying, well, maybe or something. I, I was laughing, I could tell he didn't know. And I know the feeling myself from being an assistant editor asked you something you weren't expecting. So he goes, uh, yeah, well, I don't know, he couched it in semi legalese, and I said, yeah. No, the way to say that now is uh, it is my understanding that we don't have it. Yeah, that, that was it. It was my understanding that we don't have that shot. He's kind of covering himself for in case we do have it. So a day or two later, I said to him, do we have a wild track of a fountain? Now, wild track is where you go and film a sound from the scene. Like, lots of different reasons to do it, but if there was a fountain nearby, you'd film a wild track of it, a couple of minutes of it, that you can lay in under the scene so that, you know, you hear it there the whole time, just kind of low in the background. So I said, do we have a wild track of the fountain? There's a pause. <laughs> and he goes, it is my understanding that, <laughs> that we don't. And that we, oh, how we laughed. <laughs> Anywho, oh great, 28 minutes in. So I only have to talk nonsense for another 22 minutes. I'm going by my treadmill now, so let's see what the video says. Okay, it says 27 because, yeah, I started a minute early on the treadmill. Don't you just love it when I start talking all boring technical stuff like this? Like, yeah.
That's right, you do. Actually closing my eyes for a lot of this, but when I open it, the image looks the same. Could be Ireland, actually. Well, that would be a good day in Ireland now, to be honest. This is part of the drudgery of the Camino, but you can kind of get into a zone as well where it just doesn't feel like drudgery. I mean, there's some parts you work to walk through, like this looks nice. There will be places you walk through that don't look so nice, that aren't kind of tourist locations. And uh, that's part of the whole shtick, the Camino shtick. You get fed everywhere along the way, peregrino meals, that's pilgrim meals. Peregrino is the Spanish for pilgrim. And the pilgrim meals are a tenor, three courses and a certain amount of wine. Sometimes they give you too much. The willpower has to kick in. I think I said it early on though, I don't know. I couldn't drink a bottle of wine every night and do the Camino. Lots of people could, could I suppose, if you were if your main training for the Camino was drinking. Not a great claim to fame, but hey, each to their own. But yeah, drinking a bottle of wine, red wine every night, and then doing this. Well, I'm a lightweight. Yeah, in Ireland, you should never boast about being a lightweight drinker. go down well in some circles. Just adjusting this pop shield again. I don't know if I've it set up right at all. I have to look to the left to see my levels, but they look okay. Here I go talking about boring technical things again. Boring or fascinating, depending on your opinion. So, see, if this, me redoing the Camino, it didn't start as an idea about doing it, you know, as a vidcast, podcast, whatever. And I did think I could do it on my own, but actually there's something about, I'm certainly enjoying about letting all these words out. It's the kind of stuff that spins around in my head anyway. But what am I hoping for from it? What was I hoping for from the first one? I was hoping for some sort of spiritual direction. Maybe I'm still... I mean, I feel I got something from it, but it's hard to define. Some of the experiences I had on it were just uh, pretty amazing. And I think they must change you in some way. It's sometimes hard to put a finger on that. Um, so from this virtual Camino, well, it's giving me a sense of purpose, getting up early, doing it before work. Getting up early is a big sacrifice for me. Um, the whole talking bit, the whole megalomania bit, What's that about? I don't know. I was looking and seeing the first two I put up, hardly any viewers and no comments, no likes. It's like I gave up social media to 
avoid all that. But I really don't want to overthink this. I'm putting it up for me. It could be notes for, could end up becoming notes for a book because I could imagine myself writing a book about the Camino somewhere down the road. Either, either fiction or um, biography. Is he going the right way? He's walking on grass. I don't remember that. Hey, BK, you going the right way? I'll trust you. You get there in the end. Spoiler alert, he gets there in the end. Um, but what do I want from this? It's kind of like, I do my day job, I write. And uh, don't have much of a social life, obviously, for because of Camino, but even before that, I didn't. Cue violin. Poor James. But um, then I'm writing the book, and the middle bit is hard. I'm wondering what's it all about, as in what's my book all about? What's life all about as well, I guess? It's always hovering around there somewhere. And um, I really don't know. I'd like to think I might make a decision by the end of this, an important decision in my life. But maybe not. Maybe I'll be like Anthony Hopkins by the end of it. I expect nothing and I accept everything. That would be nice. I'm sticking with that quote. Maybe every day that's the quote. I don't see myself coming up with any other quotes today. I do have at least one more quote from Mary O'Hara, but the yesterday's one probably lost half my listenership, i.e. one person from that. Pretty hardcore. Have another one from her, she's something about the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to try and remember it. You know what happens to me, I say, oh, I'm not going to tell you, and then I tell you. Yeah, it's typical of me. Now, I'll save the good stuff for the hardcore fans. Stick it into the end. I did, um, so I made these up, and as I said, I make a video for YouTube, and then I export it for SoundCloud, and I ended up listening to the two SoundCloud ones in bed, kind of just to check them. I really don't have time to look through the whole thing. And actually, the sound levels are the most critical. Speaking of which, I'm bringing this mic up. Um, so, and I actually thought it worked better than I thought as a podcast, just audio. Um, even though I'm hardly ever describing what we're looking at. But I guess for someone who's done the Camino, they kind of, they could interpret the sounds. Even if you haven't, I think it's okay. My voice and the just the sound of the clicking sticks when they're using those come through. A bit of breathing, just a little bit of atmosphere coming through and gentle ambient music. And uh, I thought it worked kind of well, but I don't know, you know, the stuff I'm talking about, the tangents are going off on. I'm not trying to be profound. You're thinking, well, Good job he isn't. 
I should hope not. Uh, I'm not trying to be funny. Ditto. It's, um, it's quite a stream of consciousness. And that's particularly because it's, you know, start at 7.30 a.m. in the morning. So, uh, I'd say if I did it later, my brain would be spinning and it might be more intellectual or something. Not in a good way. Might be more neurotic, if that's possible. But yeah, if, if I, I mean, I have pretty much committed to doing this. I love that. I have pretty much committed. I've committed to doing it. But if I keep putting it up on YouTube and SoundCloud, as I will, I'm not going to... It's only last night it occurred to me it could work as a podcast when you listen back to it. I'm not going to put it up on a podcast hosting site. Maybe never. Or if I do, wait till I have a good chunk of them. So someone coming into it can see this is serious, I'm actually doing this for real. You know, it's not just two or three days and I have cancelled. But let's just say I've put up 50 of them on YouTube and I've got a handful of views, no likes, no comments. You know, or maybe even the odd negative comment. Imagine that negative comment on YouTube. But imagine just nothing. And keep going. Yeah, that's a good check for the ego. It kind of feels like where I'm at in life. Different scripts I was trying to get off the ground, different projects with different people. Okay, novels I wrote, only half wrote, didn't finish. And some comedy scripts I did over the years, which I have a background in with a kind of colleague of mine. Got nowhere in the end. Got rejected by the best and the worst. Um, you know, and then halfway through my novel, which I'm not gonna talk about in detail here. I think I may have said it started as a type of romantic comedy. It seems to be more about the character, about his work and decisions he has to make around that. But what's definitely at the core of it is him becoming a man, not a boy, at age 35. So it's, it's a type of coming of age. But it's revealing things to me. It's, you know, it's, I wanted it to be about one thing, it's becoming more of another. And I know a writer friend of mine would say, you have to be really narrow focused and everything, but actually for a first draft, it's my opinion, and I know other writers would agree, but everyone finds their own way. It's good to be a little loose. Let you have a structure, an idea of a beginning, middle, end. My story came to me as a dream. And then it's like I've been re reverse engineering that dream into a story. And now, halfway through, well, it does start about an Irish editor in London. And it's not autobiographical, but it is what they call Roman at left territory. You know, you, if, you, if someone knew me and read it, they'd say, well, I get, you know, where a lot of this is coming from. 
but um, but he ends up halfway through back in Ireland, and I'm suddenly back in Galway, suddenly realising that at the moment seems to be the core of the novel, even though I haven't quite figured it out. It is just the first draft. What's really important is that I finish one, and I will take a few weeks away from it, and then go back to it. And most writers say writing is rewriting. I certainly find that easier. With my background as a TV editor, yeah, just restructuring things, I get it. It is so much easier when there's something down there to work with. And I uh, won't talk any more about that. Why did I bring it up? Oh, yeah, you know, just even doing the Camino, putting it on YouTube, not getting views, not getting likes, that currency that we all apparently love nowadays, not getting any of that, and still doing it. And um, not having a huge social life, not having a partner, and really, this is not a sad story. But just feeling a little lost. I feel I'm a little lost, but I'm still holding down a job and I'm still writing my book, even though I don't know where that's going. And this feels like the same. And that's okay. Expect nothing except everything. God, if I got to that point, by the end of this Camino, it would be worth it. And these notes I'm making, that's what it feels like to me at the moment, notes rather than an actual podcast as such. These unedited notes could end up serving as notes for myself down the road for the book and the Camino or not, but either way, <clears throat> I am reliving my Camino <clears throat> through this. I mean, it doesn't sound like it a lot, but there will be certain points that trigger things. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Will it become that I talk more about the Camino or more of these random stories? But you know, on the Camino, this is the kind of stuff that went through my head, so. But there's definitely a couple of dramatic events along the way. And, oh, you, you, Buen Camino, you're going the wrong way. They teach us all to say Buen Camino. Helicopter. Are they rescuing someone, I wonder? Um, they should also teach us to say you're going the wrong way. That would be useful. Donde. That was a word I used. That means where, doesn't it? Donde Santiago. I remember for the first few weeks, but there was a big chunk of it where you keep coming to a sign saying how far Santiago de Compostela was. And it always seemed to be the same distance, and sometimes even more. Yeah, that happened quite a bit. That was not um, helpful. So. 44 minutes in. But yeah, I could end up... Imagine if I was doing this and I get into a zone where I have nothing to say. Like, I just leave in mainly the sound of 
BK, BK's camera. In which case I'd be really at peace. <laughs> but yeah, I really I thought doing this might be of use for someone doing the Camino, but depends on the person, but a lot of people would probably want me to be listing facts. I'm never one of those, I'm not the go-to guy for that. You know, if I'm on holiday somewhere, I tend not to read up on all the places to go, but somebody else will, and I'd say, oh yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, loneliness is definitely a thing for everybody. Even the ones who don't look so lonely. Um, walking out here on your own. I mean, I don't remember feeling, I, well, I would have felt lonely at times in the Camino, especially the time when I had the chest infection and I ended up walking on the 17 kilometer Roman road, it just went on forever, forever, totally flat. Sort of dark night of the soul. Well, it was, it was more of a bright day of the soul. Anyway. Generally, as they say, you can feel lonely in a big city. And, Saw a lot of people along the Camino, there's certain types who used to taller and better looking than me, say, the guys maybe, but who were more, you know, they just gather groups of people around them. Thinking of one guy I saw who seemed to just attract loads of people and he'd be, end up sitting at a big table with them, having a great time. And, uh, but then you think, oh God, he's got a great, but I met him another time. The woman I was walking with didn't take to him. She took more to my type. I, I don't mean romantically or anything, I mean just personally. She was kind of cool with him, and he was kind of like an outsider in that situation. So there's definitely a degree of the masks we wear, the roles we perform, and yeah, different personalities that we all have. God forbid we'd all be the same, but Things aren't always quite what they look like from the outside, and we tend to judge how others are on the outside to how we are on the inside. And uh, we really don't know half the time what's going on inside their heads. I'm not in a bad space at the moment, but I'm just in a kind of, uh, just feels a little flat. And that's partly to do with maybe even hugely to do with the um, what's going on in the world, the COVID thing at the moment. I think it's not just that for me, but, but you know, when things feel flat, we're trained by certainly TV ads to expect things to be exciting. We're all meant to be running around with grins on our faces, and getting really good insurance plans, and nice cars and just, you know, genuinely, 
generally all around happy. It's a lot of pressure to live up to that. Flat isn't that bad. It's not that great either, though, <laughs> by definition. Nah, flat sucks. I'm kidding. Flat. I mean, flat mood. Yeah. I mean, I would have uh, suffered from anxiety. I kind of realized I was suffering from it on the Camino without really knowing it, which made it harder for me. I think I would find it easier now. But that's because of, you know, um, medication. Nothing too heavy, but it does help. Some people tell me that just flattens everything out, but I don't know. I do, I do have a capacity for joy now that I didn't have without the medication. And the flatness, I'm not sure if it's totally that or... We'll see. You know what? I'm writing better. I don't hate everything I write. So I'll finish the book and then we'll see about the medication. Some people will tell you, a doctor might tell you to stay on it for life. Another psychiatrist might say two years. Your hippie friend will say, don't take any of it. Someone else will tell you to smoke weed. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Not for anxiety, anyway. Not for me. Although they are bringing, they do have this medical cannabis you can get on prescription in certain states in America. I mean, it will probably be here eventually too. And uh, that could certainly be a lot better than, say, Xanax. I'm not on Xanax long term, by the way. That's thanks be to God. I'm not that um, dangerous, but. Medical cannabis could be a solution that turns out not to be addictive in the way, I mean, Xanax, your body becomes dependent on it. Why am I talking about this? Well, I have to talk about something. You see, that's the thing. I just figure something to talk about, I just keep going. But I hope for anyone who's dealing with anxiety out there, worth tackling it. Being aware of it helped me a lot. Because I was just life just felt so hard for me, much harder than it needed to feel. And I hope I do come off the medication. Okay. Stop talking about me. What's he doing there? What's be oh he's taking he's either taking a picture or trying to find GPS. Hey BK, you're doing a good job. Hang in there. is weird talking about anxiety and medication here. The good thing is probably won't get many listeners, if any, who listen this far. It's definitely a niche market. And that's okay if I get no listeners. I mean, it's great that we talk about mental health more nowadays and that we call it mental health, not mental illness, because I'm not sure anybody has perfect mental health, just like no one has perfect physical health. But um, I don't know, it's possible. 
you know, when celebrities come out as depressed and write books about it, everyone says they're great. And I'm not condemning them. I'm just wondering. I, I don't know. It's good to talk about it, but I'm really not sure of the point I want to make there. And I'm really not here to express um, strong negative opinions, which I don't have around that, but I just think the more and more people who see celebrities saying, oh, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, it starts to become a celebrity thing. It's like the way it's reported. It's just reported as yet another thing, another thing about the celebrity. Oh, look at him, he's got a beautiful wife, or she's got a beautiful husband. And great life, great actor. Oh, they're depressed. Aren't they great for talking about it? What is my point? I don't want to say anything mean here. If people find it helpful, that's great. I just think it just begins to feel like everybody's lining up to say they're depressed. And that sounds like a really mean thing to say. But, you know, as I'm saying it about myself too, well, anxiety slash depression, I'm more on the anxious end of the scale. And I'm sure doing this actually will help as well. A bit of physical activity, something to get me out of bed in the morning. Because on weekends, sometimes when, when I don't, um, if I don't get up, I can just spend way too long in bed. Just total lack of motivation. But I do think it's great that people talk more openly about mental health. I think what I'm trying to say is, I guess, in the public eye, it's mostly just celebrities are here talking about it, right? Because they're the people who get on chat shows to talk about it. And it's different. Probably the best thing you can do is talk amongst yourselves and good friends about it. Irish people, Irish men aren't great for that, but probably getting better. But the then also is this stoicism thing. And I kind of look at that from a distance and go, I kind of like that too. So that's more about getting on with it. I know from my own point of view, I can, if I do too much navel gazing in my head, it doesn't really help. Um, I'm not trying to. I don't have a clear point to make at the moment. I guess I, I distrust celebrity culture and the way it gets packaged for our consumption and that even the depression is being packaged. But if it helps some people or a lot of people, that's great. definitely in my own life kind of did this course in England, Tantra course, and uh, I'll just put that out there. The word Tantra makes people imagine all sorts of exciting things. 
uh, I was in near Bristol, I was in Somerset, and uh, went in to get a notebook, and the notebook said on it, hold on, I think I can see it from here, oh, it's covered. If you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. I think that was it. That's a nice one. And I like taking that responsibility for myself when I can. It's not always easy, but you know, if you can't be the sunshine, be the sun. If you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Maybe sounds a little corny, but yeah, I like it. And it's kind of like that quote I gave yesterday, the hardcore one. Hey, by the way, I managed to do a whole, nearly a whole hour now without talking about death. That's pretty amazing for me, isn't it? <laughs> Too late now, I've lost whatever viewers had. Or listeners. Um, but yeah, that hardcore quote, we must be heralds of joy in the suffering, joyless world. So I guess that statement is like a more slightly milder version of it. If you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. But yes, there is suffering in the world. And in my opinion, from looking around, I think there is a deficit of joy. And I would like, at least as a name, to try and be a beacon of sunshine. Or a, um, what's the other word they use? A beacon, a herald of sunshine of, that wasn't it, I'm mixing the two up now, herald of joy. Let's stick with the first part of the sentence, you know, we all might have a different take on the second part, but isn't that a great thing to aim for, to be a herald of joy to oneself and to others? And if we can't do that, can't find that in ourselves, that's okay. But isn't it great that maybe sometimes we can find that? Or just be open to finding that. I mean, I keep getting, since I bought a semi-fancy watch, and really it's not like Rolex or anything, I keep getting all these videos about fancy watches and looking at them, you know, celebrity watches. Some of them look pretty cool. Kevin Hart, he's got a crazy collection of watches. Um, just getting sidetracked by that. I don't think that's really me. <laughs> Financially, it ain't me anyway. But no, I do like nice watches. But the system, as they call it, is trying to suck me in and make me buy more watches. And actually, if I was really rich and had a load of watches, I don't think that would make me any more, of a more or less of a herald of joy. How are we doing here? We are well, 60 minutes on the treadmill. Another minute to go, according to the um, video. The scenery hasn't changed that much, has it? It's the long plateau. Feels like it's going quite slow, but that could be an illusion based on the lens. Um, how are we doing? Yeah, seems to be two minutes or so to go. Okay. So no, oh, I did add a quote of today without even realizing. Quote of the day, if you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. 
I have a horrible feeling I should have used that yesterday instead of the, the other one. Oh well. Live and learn. So, uh, hope you're all well. And uh, have a good day. Where are we now? I'm just waiting for this to hit the three hour mark on the video. So, on BK's video, thank you BK. We're gonna leave you now. And uh, to everybody out there, can I just wish you a good day. God bless, Buen Camino. And, uh, okay, I'm gonna just stop now. Let's see, okay. Okay, stop my treadmill. Whew.